gentlemen and everybody else listening in the whole world welcome back to the woody allen retrospective podcast which somebody told me is abbreviated to warp i didn't even know warp yeah why didn't i think of that <laughs> welcome back to the warp podcast i'm your host Donald Wanda, and i'm joined once again with my co-host who is unfortunately still in some sort of hell james daniel walsh how are you doing i don't know what i deserve to do to be here but uh yeah this is hell <laughs> I'm really sorry, man. So, on our last episode, we spoke about the issues, the technical issues we've been having. It's got to do with MacBooks. Uh, since our last recording, Apple have actually put out multiple updates that took a very long time for me to get it squashed. On my side, it's fixed. On James's side, he's getting an echo. Every time he speaks, he can hear himself. And not in the way you normally should. It's very disorientating. So, James, I apologise We'll get it sorted. Um, how have you been since the last time we spoke, James? Oh, I'm I'm fine. I'm just hearing, hearing myself, myself speaking speak back to myself, back to myself at the myself same, at the time, same is time is very, very weird. weird. Yeah, yeah. Do you know, I think, I know someone mentioned to me certain fixes. Like, if we can, if we move the echo closer together, you would own, you would hear yourself in perfect sync. You wouldn't even hear an echo. But anyway, I've, I've had a lot of suggestions. Thank you. All the listeners who forward me some suggestions, you emailed in some recommendations. Because again, there are a lot of Apple uh, customers dealing with this issue. And Apple just released a big presentation about a new iPhone. And next month, they're going to talk about new Macs. So it's just, it's just one of them things. Thanks for hanging um, through this, James. Um, I'm going to keep rushing through. I do have some announcements before we get started. So bear with us. And first and foremost... I want to give a massive shout out to our supporting patrons, our original supporting patrons. First one, Susan C. Thank you for supporting us for months now. And just a couple of weeks ago, we got our newest patron supporter, Paul Stickney. You might recognize the name because he actually recommended us a film a few months ago. She's the one. (laughs) <laughs> which is a film we really got into so Paul Sidney thank you for contributing I messaged him much appreciated and I do want to say that I'm doing a lot of back end cleaning up the Patreon I'm going to clean up things and sort out the reward stuff by the end of the year the reason why there's going to be a delay is because next month October it's my birthday it's my 40th birthday next year and I'm going to be away for probably a month so because of that, I'm not sure if we'll be able to record and release an episode, but that doesn't mean I'm going to leave you guys hanging. I'll I'll talk in a moment about some other ideas that we, we, we're going to put something out in October. Don't worry, even though I'm on the holiday. Do not worry. I just wanted to give you guys the heads up. So James, man, um, yeah, I'm, I, what can you say? Another patron. I really appreciate it. How do you feel, James? Uh, wealthy. <laughs> Well, I do want We're to say... We're rolling in it now. Oh, we will be soon. <laughs> but I want to be fully transparent. Because James is having so much issues, I actually want to put the first 
batch of the Patreon money towards getting him some new equipment, some dummy proof equipment. I don't think you guys want to know the technicals. I'll explain to James later, but yeah, I definitely want James sorted because he's, I love having him on and the pain of doing it was just too much. Anyway, I think that's pretty much all the preamble. Let's get on with the show. On the last episode, we spoke about the well-celebrated Steve Martin comedy classic, The Jerk. I came down kind of hard on it with a different perspective now. I don't know what happened to me. I'm so old. But yes, if you haven't listened to that discussion and you haven't subscribed to the podcast, there is a Linktree link to subscribe to the podcast on any platform, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Google Podcasts, all in one place. And please do not forget, we now have an integrated comment section. I don't think I said that properly. Integrated comment section, which is a YouTube video that I implore all of you to leave a comment. If you have a comment on anything we've ever done before, any review, any discussion, any idea, anything, it is there. And just an update for you, James, we actually got our first comment about a week ago. It is someone who was at the premiere of Woody Allen's latest movie. They wanted to coordinate to do something with us. It didn't work out, to be honest with you. But, you know, I think if you want some updated Woody news, this this latest movie is getting positive feedback. You know, people are saying this is Woody Allen's best movie in a decade. He was overdue. He was. And to be harsh, I don't think it would be that hard for Woody, to be honest with you, considering what he's putting out. But anyway, that's all the preamble out of the way. James, what movie are we talking about today? Today we're doing a movie from the very recent past. Uh, This movie just came out this past May. It's called You Hurt My Feelings. It's directed by Nicole, I hope I'm saying this right, Holo... Oh, boy. I'm I'm letting you trip. (laughs) I had problems. Holo Fessner. Yeah, Holo Fessner. That's what I would say. (laughs) And uh, it stars Julia Louis-Dreyfus. It does. James, you know that we was recommending this movie by a few fans. Uh, the what the fit people mentioned it, and no, and you know, I was a bit hesitant because they've been very against Woody, but still, you know, talking out both sides of their mouth. On one hand, criticizing him; on the other hand, you know, praising his legacy work. So, after watching the trailer, I was very, I could see the elements that they were compared to Woody Allen, but. I'm going to let you go first because I've been talking my head off right now. How did you feel coming away from the movie? What did you think? This is the most Woody Allen movie we've talked about in a while. I could definitely see 90s Woody direct this movie. This felt very husbands and wives to me. Uh, I enjoy it quite a bit. It's not great. The performances are great. The script is great. It's a very, very good movie. I think it's just a little bit flat in the direction. But otherwise, I I enjoyed it quite a bit. And I feel like this might be one of our shorter conversations because I pretty much agree with you. I do feel like this movie is missing... I wouldn't call it like a wow factor, but I felt like, yes, this is definitely foundationally a film Woody Allen would make. But with the plot, which we'll get into in a moment, I feel like he would have made something pop a little bit more or focus on one or two more of the elements 
the more lively elements of this movie, which I saw, but they kind of just veered back into the kind of, again, using the word mundane isn't really fair because it's, it's just a kind of a calm slice of life dramedy, but it's not really that dramatic, to be honest with you. It's just, it, the movie is what it says it is. You hurt my feelings. It's really just that. But, you know, exploring that element is definitely something that I like to talk. I had a good conversation with my girlfriend about this, and I feel like that um, what the film is tackling is something that the filmmakers and the actors themselves, I'll play a clip about this, wanted to really dig into, which is why they did it. I just felt like if Woody Allen did this, it would have it would have had a little bit more oomph and it would have been a bit more memorable. But me coming away from it, I kind of was like, okay, that was that was all right. But I don't know why, James. I felt like something was missing a little bit. No, I agree. It, it was very much a movie that I, I could see Woody directing this exact script. It felt very much like a Woody Allen movie in the writing. It's just the direction. You're right. It did pop. It wasn't bad. It's not like it was a poorly directed movie. It just left a little something to be desired. Yeah. I don't know how many people are actually going to even look for this film. Now, Judy Dewey's Drivers is obviously an absolute legend, now a Marvel star as well. And when I was doing my research, the director did a movie with her before, years ago. And I didn't even realize it was this director and her, the team. Did you ever watch the movie called Enough Said? No, I don't think so. So there's a movie called Enough Said. Sorry, I'm talking a bit fast because I'm getting excited. There's a movie called Enough Said. I'm pretty sure, sadly, this was the last movie James Gandolfini made before he died. Now, James Gandolfini, if you don't know him by name, was most popular for being the main actor in The Sopranos, the gangster, the gangster with a heart of gold that was going to the therapy sessions. A phenomenal series, phenomenal actor. And that movie was such especially for James Gandolfini, such a different turn for him because he obviously wasn't playing someone menacing, someone violent. He was playing a very, very calm person. Now, I don't want to ruin the movie for you, James, because you said you haven't seen it, right? Right. I feel like that was a stronger movie. But and, but to be fair, it still has a very slice-of-life mundaneness to it. Nothing crazy happens, but the setup is just a little bit more memorable. Um, but I, I'm really glad to see them work together. And yeah, what did you think of all the cast? Let's go through them sequentially, James. Hit, hit me with everybody in the cast or everyone who you felt make an impact here. Julia Louis-Dreyfus is always great. And she's the only one, I think, in the cast who has a connection to Woody because she was in Deconstructing Harry. And it's a shame that she didn't work with him more because I could, I could see her being... Um, under different circumstances, she could have been his, you know, he had Diane Keaton, then he had Mia Farrow. I could see Julia Louis-Dreyfus having at some point become his his new muse. Uh, she's that sort of akin to his uh, way of directing. Uh, the rest of the cast was good across the board. I don't think anybody really got up to the heights that Julia Louis-Dreyfus does. Uh, and a lot of these people I haven't heard of, Tobias Menzies, who plays her husband, he's good. He definitely is a good face actor. Uh, you can always tell what he's thinking. 
and that's hard to do. So I really appreciated his performance for that. Michaela Watkins, who played her sister, was a good foil for her. I, I enjoyed their chemistry actually more than I did Julia Louis-Dreyfus's chemistry with the guy playing her husband. Everybody else is, I mean, the uh, Arian Moyed plays uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus's brother-in-law. He's good. He's kind of the comic relief. Let me stop you there. Do you not recognize him, Arian Moyed? Mm, he did look a little bit familiar, but I can't place him. Okay, you just exposed yourself, James. You never watched Succession, did you, James? Succession. No, I never have. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you something. When I was watching his movie and I saw his face, he is playing. Listeners, if you've been, you know, people have been raving about how phenomenal Succession is. It just ended. It was only four seasons. It was, you know, it's a series about, it's kind of, it's a movie, it's a series that's based off the, like, the Murdoch Fox family, this rich family. They're trying to fight for Succession on the company, blah, 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 blah. This guy, Ariel Moyad, was kind of a crazy guy. He was so unhinged. When I saw him in this movie playing this role as this kind of failing actor, it was it really spun my head. It really was like, is this really happening? This guy, he's so kind of menacing and crazy in succession that it's. I was really glad to see him in this movie, in this role, because again, this is definitely a different break for him. So I didn't think you noticed but i just wanted to point that out if you know anyone was interested or anyone felt the same or if anyone seen the movie and felt the same way as me this psycho in this movie yes it's him no i've heard many good things about succession from people but i just haven't gotten around to it yet but he's very good in the movie he's like i said he's the comic relief and i thought he was funny i also liked seeing david cross i don't think he ever worked with woody but he's another one where i'd add him to the list of people who really could have put a stamp on a character in a Woody Allen movie. I just never got the chance. Yeah, uh, you've covered pretty much all the cast. I'll go back to the Tobias the McKenzie character, or Menzies character, sorry. You know, like you said, Wicked, just a phenomenal face actor. He's playing a psychiatrist in this movie. And when I was looking at him, I just, I knew that I'd seen him somewhere before. And until I looked it up on IMDb, I would have never placed him. Now, I don't, uh, James, I really don't expect you to watch this series. The Crown, the Royal British Dramatars series about the royal family. He was playing um, Prince Philip. Such a different, again, I love the fact that all these actors come from very significant roles that you really wouldn't place them in. So you really get that dissonance. Like, wow, they're doing something completely different. But let's get to the plot because there's something about him and Julie Weiss Drivers, I want to discuss with you. Give us a, for those who don't know, give us a short synopsis of the plot. I know it's Finn, but I'll let you do that. Uh, well, it's about affluent people, which is definitely one of the things that makes it feel like it could be a Woody Allen movie. Uh, affluent people who are dealing with their rich people problems. Julie Louis Dreyfus is a writer who hasn't had a successful book in a long time. She's written a new novel that she's trying to uh, find an agent to represent. And her husband, who is a therapist, he tells her, all oh, the book's great, he loves it. But then she overhears him talking to somebody about how he really doesn't like it. And he thinks it's terrible. 
it just basically makes her spiral and uh and puts their marriage in danger and uh makes her question everything about who she is it's not a great title but it tells you exactly what the movie is about very succinctly and that is basically it Julie Louis Driver's performance is great and when she eventually confronts her husband or when he finds out she knows he's not in the book you know her acting just really sell her really really sells that heartbreak and you know when the movie opens it opens with um Tobias being the therapist with a couple and this this couple you see a couple of people that he's seen in in his therapy sessions. This couple's really going at it. That energy is so interesting to me because those are like the normal people. Whenever it goes to them as a couple or them as a family or their friends, it's that really tame energy that makes the film middling for me. But whenever they get to the therapy sessions, you know, it's the, the you know, they're going through some real shit. And I thought you know, if Woody Allen did this movie, wouldn't he make the the? Do you think he would have made the the therapist the person who was writing the book? Because I felt like maybe my problem with the movie is that it seems to be split with the with the energy seems to be split with the the therapist dealing with that stuff and in her. But I I don't know. It just it it didn't what it didn't really it didn't really coalesce to me for some reason because whenever he was in therapy i'm like why are we seeing this now in terms of the plot it builds to something very interesting that which i thought was going to go a lot further and um i i don't want to spoil it too much but he see he's seen this couple that are not getting along at all and it gets to the point near the end where they are not happy with him as the therapist and it comes to a head and that part for me completely didn't pay off because it looked like it was building to something and it just didn't and i was like why did we watch this whole thing then was that just me james no i i thought it was going to come back but i think the point of it was him having to go all right this is their problem it's not my problem because they're really trying to make him feel awful about how he does his job it felt like something that was going to go further than it did. I understood what they were going for. It just felt a little bit like underdeveloped. Yeah. Maybe he should have had a confrontation with them where he told them off. But uh, instead, it's just sort of, you know, you can tell, like, again, yeah, he's a very good face actor. You can tell at the end of the movie when it comes to its conclusion that he's okay. He just sort of shrugs it off. Something just felt very unfinished here. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. And that was my own... I feel like when... Here's the thing with Woody Allen, and he gets criticized for this a lot. He has ideas. People used to call him the annual director because obviously he would just... I'm doing a movie every single year. Some of the movies mm-hmm. people love... Well, let's say... Let's just say, I don't know. Maybe one day we'll actually run the numbers and see statistically what this is exactly... But I would say at least half of Woody's catalogue people enjoy. Maybe more than half. But in the late 2000s, he was making... He just had these ideas for movies. And as we got closer to, you know, nowadays, most of them are just not not working for people. But I really felt like, 
you know, even with the movies like, for example, Cassandra's Dream, you know, he had oh. an idea, he shot his shot, and people didn't like it, you know, but it wasn't yeah. middling, it wasn't mundane, it was like, here's my idea, it's going to get you, it's not going to be slice of life, and even if it is slice of life, it's going to be something extra, and that brings me to a point that I want to jump to as well, but before, do you do you see what I'm, what I'm saying with that? Um, uh... I'm not sure where you're going with this, but I'm excited to find out. <laughs> I'm not really building to a crescendo like this movie didn't. Because <laughs> I, <laughs> I, you know, I feel like I was trying to do something there. It didn't really work. But um, but yeah, I'm, I just I just really wanted this movie to be... I saw the critic, I saw the ratings, I saw the all the reviews. This movie's great. And when it ended, I was just like, really? This is just kind of okay not great critics love it it's on rotten tomatoes is really high especially the critic score the audiences seem to skew more a bit more like me and again comparing this to the the um previous movie she did with judy louis drivers and i've said i thought that's kind of a step down well, having not seen that although i i'm curious about it now I, I i have heard of that movie i'd be interested to watch that other movie because like you said i didn't I felt like this movie was just shy of greatness. I, I could definitely see Julia Louis-Dreyfus especially getting some award nominations. And the screenplay maybe getting some award nominations. But the direction is what lets it down, in my opinion. And especially for a movie that uh, was distributed by A24, which A24 is the only studio that... They're the, they're the studio that I will go see a movie because they put it out because their movies are always interesting and often visually interesting. Uh, and this one just wasn't. Let me play my first clip, which is the cast and crew just talking about the movie, the principal cast and the director talking about just lightly about the movie. I tried to find some more interviews and stuff. Cause I really like to do that. I like to get in the head of the actors and the director so they can, you know, say their piece as well. Um, so this is the best clip I could find to, to get that across but there's one other clip I'm going to play, which I'll save just for you, James, because I wondered if that clip bothered you as much as it bothered me. But we'll get to that second one. Let's play this first clip with the cast, though. Ever since I started making movies, wondering if people were lying to me when they said they liked my movie. I mean, I, you know, I kind of have my own routine if I don't like a movie. But, you know, you always wonder. And, um, and then I just kind of brought it closer to home. Did they like my work? And do they have to like my work in order to like me or love me? And does it matter? And yes, it matters. And I wish it didn't matter. So all just fun questions like that. Having said that, the, the, the kind of films that Nicole writes are the kind of films that I am drawn to with my heart and soul. I, I think it's because they are the films that I like to also see mm. about human behavior and relationships and small films about very big big things sometimes which i think this film is um, no i hadn't met either of either nicole or um, julia um read her script know her films um so it was a it was a very easy decision um you know i love i love the uh, nicole world and so i was happy to come and join it well i didn't play it as a satire yeah yeah i tried to play it sort of because uh, she believes wholeheartedly in everything that she's oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, and she's re truly gutted. I mean, she's wondering if her her marriage will survive. 
I mean, I mean, they're hard to find. I mean, find, no, having people in your life you really you trust. trust and know that they'll tell you the truth is like so important, but also can be devastating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and you need it. I think you need it. Yeah. And if they, you know, wait till you're done to tell you what's yeah. wrong with your thing, too late. That, that's bad. Yeah. But yeah. if you ask in the process and people are honest, I value it a great deal. And she, you know, having the script early on ha had a great deal of things, many things to say to me and things we could work on to make funnier, um, you know, down to the last minute yeah. when we're shooting too. So it's very collaborative. Yeah, that was a short little clip, but you know, I thought it was cool to see um, what they were saying. I would be remiss thinking about what this film is saying, the questions it's posing. I would be remiss, James, to say that the best part in my my opinion of the movie is the, the, just the question of white lies white lies yeah. and honesty and what they can do to a relationship which is what makes this film compelling for all my you know harsh criticism of the movie i really did appreciate that and i think you are the perfect person again this is just our personal opinions you are the perfect person for me to ask you about this because this is the kind of movie that makes you reflect on this specifically you being a writer james i'm okay. sure you have faced this conundrum. Well, conundrum is the wrong word, but you know what I mean. You've written a book, you've put it all into it, you're looking for honest feedback. Can you say you've been in this situation? Not in this exact situation. The situation that I'll find myself in oftentimes is somebody reads a book or a story that I've written and their feedback is, it's good. And you go, oh, okay. Well, what what did you like about it? Oh, I liked everything. C can you give me anything specific? Like, what did you have a favorite character? Oh, I liked them all. And that's when you know you're not getting anything honest out of that person. Now, my first novel that I wrote, I gave it to Martin Thresher, who is the screenwriter for the Manic Expression animated movie. And he read it. And he is a, uh, a cold-hearted, loud-mouth Bostonian who uh, had no qualms about telling me what he thought. And he had some minor criticisms. And he said, there's one scene that I read where he said, this is exactly what he said. He said, it was so stupid I wanted to get on a plane, fly over to where you are and punch you in the face for having written it. And then he followed that up by saying, other than that, it's the, it's the best book I've read the last couple of years. So when he said that at the end, I could believe it because he had been honest with me about how he felt about everything else. And yes, you need to have that criticism while you're, because an agent, a publisher, they're not going to be nice to you. So your friends, your family, the people who you ask for their opinion, they really need to be honest with you because them placating you or telling you, oh, it's great when they don't really think it's great, not pointing out the problems that they, they have, it doesn't help you as a writer. And that one scene that Martin came at me so hard for, I sat down and I rewrote it completely until it worked. So he took the weak part of my book and he helped me figure out how to make it 
stronger. So I see, you know, the husband didn't want to, he didn't want to hurt his wife's feelings. He didn't want to big, he didn't want to discourage her. And he probably also didn't want to go through the headache of her having hurt feelings. But yes, he should have been honest with her about how he felt about it because he could have then helped her strengthen it. Yeah. Cause when I was watching the movie, I was wondering is she not going to take in rejection? Or, as she says, when they have that confrontation, is it just that she really trusted him, you know, his opinion meant so much to her, and that he lied so consistently, you know, she just saw it as a massive betrayal. I was just wondering, is it ego for her, or is it the actual betrayal of the trust? And, you know, I wondered, I, you know, i got to be honest with you, people in my life just want it straight. Most people just want it straight and yeah. don't and don't care for tiptoeing at all. <laughs> I don't think I could do it any other way myself. It, you know, so seeing that in this movie, I'm you know, I was like, I, I don't know, I don't know. I, I believed her, but um, how that resolves with another character, which is the part I've been saving for you, James, <laughs> is um, what made. Well, let me, I know I'm a bit scatterbrained here, but I just want to say this. A lot of times, being a Woody Allen fan, and you've mentioned this a lot of times, you know, people will say, you know, Woody Allen's films are kind of classist, he's upper echelon, and he's, um, you know, you can't relate to a lot of Woody Allen's highfalutin films and stuff like that. But then you've said multiple times, but the thing about Woody Allen, he's kind of like, he's kind of, he's a mix of both. He's a, he is that guy on one side, but on the other side, he's a Knicks fan. You know, he's just a, yeah. he's, he's kind of got that, that's the, that's kind of the pull to Woody Allen for some fans. And it's kind of the pull for me, especially the way he talks. Woody Allen is a very, maybe even to his detriment, considering his controversy, he's a very straight talker. You know, some people yeah. would even say unfeeling, especially with that, um that interview he did with, I can't remember if it was um that interview he did with the media controversy. He, he seemed very frank, a little bit like unfeeling, but, um, when you watch Woody Allen movies, sometimes people say F these white people and the white problems and their privilege. And there was yeah. one character in this movie that blew my mind, James. And I just thought, how is James dealing with this character? And that is their son. Ah. Uh, yes. I've got a clip, James. I I'm going to play him. <laughs> you didn't mind the son, yeah? I didn't mind him. No. Okay. All right, so I got a clip here. It's the last clip I'm going to play. It's three minutes, and most even some of the reviews I read were just talking about their hate for the son in particular. Now, this is the son, and the the mother, Judy Reese Travis, the husband, and the son. They're all having a three-year conversation. So, yeah, have a listen to this. And again, I don't mind spoiling this bit because it's kind of lifted away from the betrayal anyway so i don't mind spoiling this part i don't think it's that bad why don't you let us read it it's not done yet if i'm ever done i will let you read it but right now just getting to the end is going to feel like a huge accomplishment honey because it is a huge accomplishment Absolutely. i bet it's going to be terrific you don't know that it might stink yeah yeah it'll probably stink <laughs> why do you do that do what you haven't read it just let it be shitty if it's shitty Hey, what's going on with you? What, what is this? You're always expecting the best from me. 
You're welcome. Do you remember when you said I was a great swimmer and you enrolled me in that advanced class? Oh, boy. I wasn't a great swimmer. I kept telling you that. I was average. My teacher even said I should take a beginner class. She did? Yeah. It was mortifying. But worse than that, I didn't know who to believe. I knew that I wasn't good, but my mom was saying I was. So was I good? Or is my mom a liar? Well, why did I think you were good? You didn't. You wanted me to think I was. Maybe I thought you could be good, and I was just being encouraging. Then it's like you set me up to fail. Really? Okay. Jeez, I'm sorry. Yeah, that, that's enough blaming. No, Carol, it's fine, on. okay? He should tell us these things. I, I want to hear this. Middle school. Remember my English teacher, Mr. Sapp? Yeah. He gave me a C on some paper I wrote, and I came home and I said, I worked really hard on it. I deserve better. Okay, I don't remember this, but okay. Well, I you said, oh, well, if you worked really hard on it, then you should have gotten better grades. So you went to the guy and convinced him to give me a B. The crime here is what exactly? I didn't deserve the B. I deserved the C, but I didn't want you to know that. Hang on a second. Elliot, come on. You told me you deserved a better grade, right? And I believed you. So actually, in this case, you were setting me up, right, honey? Mom, I was a child. I wasn't a good swimmer. I wasn't a good student. Elliot, she was trying to be supportive. Like, it's, it's what parents do. They try to support their kids. But then I grew up with this, with this strange feeling like I'm, I'm better than everyone else. Like, like I was looking at myself through your eyes. And then suddenly I realized I'm not the things you say I am. Oh, sweetie pie. I honestly think you did those things because you felt guilty. Feel guilty. For what? Because you guys care about each other more than me. What? What? Elliot, how, how can you possibly think that? That is so not true. Let's keep in mind, ladies and gentlemen, this is a 23-year-old man. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about you the whole time I heard that, that diatribe, James. So, yeah, what did you... Uh, I mean, you said you didn't mind. Uh, I know I'm nitpicking. I'm taking a section out, but, you know... How did you think about this song? We never mentioned him through this discussion as well. You're not wrong. It's rich white people problems, which, yeah, normally normally aggravates me. This time, though, I felt like I absolutely understood what he was talking about when, you know, they're praising a play he hasn't really written yet and they don't know anything about. They're telling him, you could be great. You're going you're gonna to be great. You're going to do great things. You're going to be amazing. And he's feeling the pressure of just like, I don't know that I can do that. Now, does he is he blaming them a little bit too much for his age? Yes, I would have probably made him more like 20. By 23, you should have some of your own shit figured out. But I did. I liked the fact that he had a job. He wasn't mooching off of them. He That's was true. taking care of himself. That's true. That's true. You make a good yeah, point. the character didn't bother me. You make a good point. It was, you know, fake encouragement. But I was just like, wow, man, this... You know, some people don't even... And again, I'm speaking from not complete personal experience, but I know so many people that have not got the support of their parents. It's just so funny. Even fake support 
or I wouldn't even call it misguided support. What support? I'm like, God damn. But you know, the main reason I'm bringing this up is in direct contrast to Woody Allen. This reminded me of one particular scene. And believe it or not, James, I am about to praise a rainy day in New York. Oh my God. <laughs> there was a scene with Timothy Chalamet where he was having a go at his mum and talking that entitled nonsense bullshit and she put him in his fucking place. Hallelujah. And let me tell you something, man. You know, there's a lot of... In the most recent years, Woody Allen's used a lot of younger actors like um, Jesse Eisenberg and uh, Elliot Page and, you know, to do a lot of things that people say, oh, they're too old for that. But I feel like a lot of time he makes them accountable. He doesn't let them get away with just feeling entitled. I've seen that uh, even in that um, new series, Crisis in Six Scenes with Miley Cyrus. I think there was a there was one character that was entitled and would he never let those characters get away with that shit? So I was like, you know, yeah. this movie, at the end of that clip I just played, the last thing he says is, I feel like a third wheel in this relationship. I'm like, you're the you're the child. You're not a you're not a thruple. You're the child. <laughs> you're not meant to well, feel like what yeah. the fuck? As a parent, here's the secret that uh, kids don't learn until they have their own kids. They are third wheels. Where did he get this and, idea that he was entitled to be the third person in fucking relationship? It's insane. I th here's here's where I'll I'll agree with you. I would love to have a, see a conversation between that character and a character who had never gotten any praise their entire life and had been abused by their parents, and then have him argue back, oh, I know how you feel. My parents said that everything I did was great, and they did nothing but encourage me. Yeah, then his argument falls apart. Uh, but you're right. The, 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 I did think that was weird. that Because you see almost jealousy in him early in the, the movie when he's they're having a picnic, his parents are sharing a salad and he's like, why do you do that? Why do you, why don't you get your own food? You know, and they're, they share an ice cream cone at one point and he's like, he's disgusted by it. He does act like he's jealous. Yeah. James, what is the last scene of them in this film? It's them three having an anniversary dinner where he's there like the third wheel that he wants to be. <laughs> I thought it was hilarious and here's the thing, for all my criticisms, oh, I don't want to see that entire shit. This is reality for some people. This is some families. These are some wealthy, rich off families that where the children feel like they're so entitled that they need to have more, you know, ownership of their parents' relationship. And it's interesting to see that. And again, when you, this is something that I like about film. I can not like it i can bitch about it but it's interesting to see because whether i wanna whether i like it or not it's reality for some people this shit does exist these kind of you know families do exist so for me i can bitch about it but hey she put it in there and they apologized and they put him in their relationship at the end and that definitely stood out for me which that is even weird at the end that he's at their anniversary dinner it wasn't an anniversary party where there were a bunch of people there to celebrate with them. It was a, what should have been romantic anniversary dinner between the two of them. And they're at that point, 24 year old son. 
So, yes, that part was weird. And let's not forget, in the middle of the movie, I, I completely forgot the scene, there was a robbery at the son's... Um, <laughs> the son was that at a week. <laughs> yeah, and there's a robbery. And uh, I think um, Jurini Drive just smothers him like a mother bear on top of yeah. him, and he's like, oh, Bobby, Bobby. <laughs> he's telling her, get off. He's trying to handle the, you know, to, to give the money to the robbers and everything, get them out the door, and she's just on top of him like a safety blanket. Yeah, clutching for dear life, but I, but he loved it. He, he definitely loved it, Mama. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'm gonna stop riffing on the movie. Listen, you know us British toffee nose critical bastards can be like the movie was good. I liked the movie. I really did. I really did like the movie. I was uh, it was a breath of fresh air. The acting was really good. The directing and the film cinematography was okay. It wasn't with the end level, but it was good. And I do like the director's previous work. The director's done a lot of television and movie works. And like um, the first clip I played where, they, where Judy Lewis Driver said that this director always does kind of slice of life, human condition. Kind. Of, this is her thing. This is her thing. And yeah. yeah, I've got... My girlfriend loved this movie. I was surprised how much she liked this movie because ultimately it's an optimistic movie, you know? And that oh. is not a bad thing at all. So, I will end on saying thanks for the recommendation. You know, <laughs> it might sound like I was uh, a bit ungrateful for the recommendation, but I I do see the connections. I agree, and yeah, it was and it was a short film, it was an hour and a half, like nearly on the dot. So you know, I I recommend checking it out. Some people might like it, some people might not, but from the ratings I see on tomorrow's IMDb, it's pretty unanimously liked. Yeah, and like I said, I feel like this is the most Woody Allen movie we've watched in a little while. From specifically that late eight, like between Hannah and her sisters and husbands and, and wives. You know, that period of Woody's career where he was doing the, I'm not even going to say upper middle class, these people are rich. Rich people with rich people problems. Woody does it better, at least in the direction. I felt though that this script was if 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 this had been a if you told me this was a Woody Allen movie, I would have believed you. That's the best compliment that I can pay, pay it is uh, the movie felt very much like I it could have just been a Woody Allen movie. Yeah, it's kind of a short discussion, but I think that's pretty much all I've got to say about the movie. Thank you for the recommendation. Keep them coming. And to do that, again, we've got a comment section video. If you have a Google account, YouTube account, just click that link. It's in the link tree link. Leave a comment down below. Have you seen the movie? Do you agree with us? Do you think I'm just a toffee nose, overcritical bastard, which I know I am? Leave that comment down below. <laughs> and, you know, get involved, man. Get involved in anything we're doing. But, yeah, I think you had your final words about the movie in particular. Is that right, James? Yeah, I recommend it. And it's nice to see a movie that we can talk about still on this podcast from this year. Yeah, yeah. I, I did say we're going to mix it up and do that more often. But to be honest with you, there's so much things i got planned. Like I told you one of my plans, I think it's... Well, I'm going to probably, again, next month, October, I'm going to be out of the country. So unless me and James record the, this the next episode very very soon which i don't know if we can i'm going to be doing something else but 
I've got some ideas, but I want to update you guys on some other things I'm doing, but I'm not going to bother do that now because you, you just wait for the content to come. But once again, I want to give a, a massive, massive, massive thank you and shout out to our Patreons. Please consider becoming a Patreon to help us get over these technical issues. Susan C and Paul Stickney, thank you, our Patreon. For those of you who just want to know, so you can type it in right now, patreon.com forward slash Woody Retro, W-O-O-D-Y-R-E-T-R-O. Just give us a tip. We really appreciate it. And again, this first fund, this first thing, when we're going to get to that $100, and I'm going to gonna make some dummy-proof equipment for James so we can just not have these issues, James. How painful has it been to record today, James? If you've heard me stop mid-sentence, it's because, it's because I'm, waiting I'm waiting for my, for my voice, voice to catch, to catch up, up with me. <laughs> so a little bit painful, but I, I think we got through it okay. All right, buddy. So... On that note, I think I've said all I've wanted to say. I won't announce the next movie because we might not do it. So if you're subscribed, just stay subscribed. Stay right here and wait for October. I got a little, I think I got some surprises for you, including I'm going to request James to do something, but stay tuned for that. James, where can the people reach you if they want to reach you in general? How do they do it? Uh, you can always find me at manicexpression.com. Uh, the Manic Expression YouTube channel and my books are available on Amazon. Yes, sir. Uh, we've got a link tree link that has all of those links in there. Thank you for listening. Thank you for the support. Leave a comment with our link down below, comment video link. And there's nothing else to say, man. Thank you for all the support, guys, especially through these last couple of months where we just had so much headache, just unbearable headache. But on that note, let me let James go. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you on the next recording, which will be in October. You'll get something. Stay tuned. <laughs>